Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. Glad to have you back for another episode this week. And this week, I have a very special guest with me, Adrian. Adrian and I connected back through NCI, Nutritional Coaching Institute. As you guys know, I've mentioned that many times in the show. It's where I got my certification from. And now I you know, work with them for some of the business mentors on that side of things. And I've had a lot of other coaches on the show that have all been through that as well. And just glad to have Adrian come on the show. We had a, um, I had a business meeting back um, a couple months ago or a month ago or couple months ago back in the end of july i believe it was and um we had to, we met up had more time to talk there and things and wanted to have him on the show and you know it's just recently in his facebook group and we'll have him share that towards the end of the show so you guys can drive in there as well but adrian welcome to the show thanks man i'm really excited to be here this is fun <laughs> of course so for those who don't know you go ahead and introduce yourself to you know you know who are you how did you get into this space yeah so my name is adrian um I was, I think the way I can probably start this whole thing is maybe how I got into fitness. You know, I was never really somebody happy with my physique or my body. Growing up, I was always like the smallest kid, like in high school. I was very young for compared to everybody else. And so I was always a smaller kid. Like I played sports and stuff, but physically I was never like at the athletic ability that other people were. And so I was always challenged by that. Like I was a goofy kid with like, you know, super curly, crazy hairs. Like I was just a random dude. Um, but definitely somebody who always, you know, struggled with my confidence for a long time. And then I think right after high school, me and a buddy of mine who was also, I was like skinny and fat, you know, most of my life. And me and my buddy were like, yo, let's go try to transform our bodies a little bit. And so we just started going to the gym. We were holding each other accountable and, it was definitely a process and a struggle of being consistent, but eventually we were both holding each other accountable long enough to see, start seeing results. And that's when like my life completely changed. Like when I started seeing the fruits of my labor and like, whoa, I can change my life. And just the way I grew in confidence, which translated to my ability to actually feel more sure of myself in social interactions. And then that started becoming more of myself, like after high school and then through fitness and that made me fall in love with the whole thing. So health became something really important for me. And immediately I was like, I'm going to go be a nurse. Like I wanted to go help people. Uh, I always had the plans to go be a nurse. Uh, I became a CNA. And as you probably know yourself, like a CNA is not the <laughs> cleanest job. A lot of dirty about? work. <laughs> <laughs> Overworked, yep. underpaid, you know. 100%. Um, I saw a lot of nurses always complain too and i'm sure you as a nurse man i mean i get it like you guys are work super hard and but then i saw the physical therapy guy like walk in the room super happy with this like exercise bands like yo let's go work out and i was just like i think i want to be that guy and so that's when i made that shift like okay i'm gonna go the physical therapy route so i left the cna job i became a personal trainer instead of a gym i uh, did that for a couple of years as i was going through school for physical therapy um, eventually got my license, practiced for about four years and then realized I was super bored just basically working for somebody and like only making so much impact in a hospital and in a clinic. 
I always wanted more, you know? And so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and just start my own, you know, coaching business and see what's up. Start making TikToks during COVID time. Yeah. TikTok started blowing up for me. And uh, I mean, fast forward now another couple more years and here we are in 2022. I'm talking to the Chase Smith on his oh, fitness shit. podcast, which is crazy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, though, man, when we had you on in the Facebook group, it was a lot of people talked so highly of your interview, man. Like it was relatable and it was very beneficial for a lot of people. So that's kind of how like my little, I guess, spiel, I guess, in terms of my background. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah. And I I think it's awesome that, you know, I I really like to see where where people come from. And I think it's also great that you have like that physical therapy background or, you know, like, you know, I have the nursing background. Like, I think it's great when someone has that other background because it's just more knowledge that you can apply. Like, it's not like, you know, there, I've had people even ask me like, Oh, you're, you're, you're going to let nursing go. Like you're not going to do nursing anymore. I'm like, I'm not gonna be nursing like at the bedside, like taking care of patients, but I'm still using all the same knowledge that I gained with that now in coaching as well. So it's just adding onto it more and now utilizing it in a, better way or at least how i see it as being better way and helping more people beyond what i'm just helping the you know the three four five patients i you know take care of that day 100 man i mean i can think back to like one of my first jobs being working at a car wash i still use skills from being a car wash person with my coaching in a way right like the social interactions and things like that so mm-hmm. i mean yeah man uh with physical therapy i loved it and i still love it the whole concept of everything about you know, addressing people's pain through movement, fixing movement, um, gaining people's confidence back in their movement. It's it's fun. And it's very similar to what we do here with, you know, helping people transform their relationship with them, with their own body, with weight loss and nutrition, all of it. It's uh, it's all different components, man, for sure. Yeah. When when you were in physical therapy, did, did you work a outpatient setting or inpatient? So the company I worked for actually had a contract with the hospital. So, and they had their own outpatient clinic. Okay. And I was one of the few therapists there that actually worked at both, nice. which I really enjoyed because I love variety. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get bored pretty easily. So being able to go a few days at the hospital and then a couple of days at the outpatient clinic was really cool because you get a variety of patients and situations. And nice. Yeah. What was the, like, you had to say like the top, like, three to five ish, you know, things that you saw that like most common either complaints or pains or aches or things that you saw like either in either setting inpatient or outpatient. Mm-hmm. What were some of the most common things that you came across that you were helping people with? Uh, definitely a lot of knee pain, back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. Um, and then pretty much everything in the hospital was basically just like, I can't even get out of bed. Yeah. You know, so general strengthening. Um, but those other four pains, those are very, uh, I feel like it's so common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people live with those on the day to day and, and, and so many people like just think it's normal. Like that's just how life's going to be. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting old, so I, there's no point in me even trying to, you know, my, my knees just hurting. It's, you know, when the, when the weather's cold outside, it aches more and I just roll with it, you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I hear that a lot and, you know, I, I'm sure you did as well during that time, but kind of like, let's dive into a little bit more of that, like, like the joint pain side of things. Like were there one or two that really stuck out more than any of the others? And like, how did you like, or what are the like misconceptions did you hear about joint pain? Kind of like dive into that a little bit. Oh man, I, I get the chills right now. Cause it's been a while since I've, you know, talked really diving deep into this and it's, 
uh, like you said, man, a lot of people do feel disempowered or they feel like this is it and I'm probably going to get surgery or, or doctors typically don't provide all the solutions because they are just educated on a different path, mm-hmm. right? They think about medicine. So they're probably prescribing some type of painkiller. Mm-hmm. And so people tend to kind of live with that, but they're never really addressing the root problem. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite things, man, was the education component, you know, helping people see that connect the dots as to why they're in pain, what they can do about it. So that then in the future, if that ever comes up again, they'll never be back in pain because all this really is addressable. And it, the solutions typically are very, very simple. So if you're listening to this and you have a joint pain, like let's dive into this, man. This is great. Um, should we like, how should we do this? Should we just like break one joint up at a time or? I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think sure. Like, I think that'd be a great approach. Like, Sure, okay. wherever you whatever like let's start with like what was one of the most common ones you saw sure um i think knee pain is one thing that i feel like a lot of people connect with and i think one thing to start here with is that typically when somebody we need to always look at the full body mm-hmm. and when anybody's in pain me as a physical therapist i'm always looking above the joint and below the joint mm-hmm. i'm never simply looking at okay knee pain and i'm never just yeah just the kind of rubbing the knee if i'm gonna give somebody a massage i'm not just rubbing the knee I'm rubbing probably their hip, their back, their foot, really checking to look at things like that. If somebody's in a lot of knee pain, there's either a dysfunction happen, happening either at the ankle joint, the foot, or the hip, the glute area. I mean, it, honestly, we could probably start at the glute area because typically people do need stronger glutes. And if we can get you a stronger booty, you're going <laughs> to have much less knee pain and much less back pain. Um, and actually, I'm going to pause you there for just a moment because I'm sure there's probably people that are confused by what you're saying. And the, just to kind of clarify with them, like, so you're saying, you know, I know what you're talking about, but of course, the, the others who may not, they're listening. Sure. Explain how, if 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 you're having knee pain, what we think is like maybe like like the bone, the joint that's like causing us the pain. How is the muscle from another part of the body impacting that? So everything, you know, I think it's important to understand where pain is coming from, right? Uh, any type of pain. There is a issue or a breakdown typically when the load of whatever it is you're carrying, whether it be your body weight or just the way you're moving is not advantageous, right? Like picking up something right right in your back is isolating one muscle by itself to do the job. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the load of whatever you're carrying is a lot for that one muscle and therefore injury happens. Mm-hmm. So every area of your body has a capacity to lift and there's a certain amount of load. And when load exceeds the capacity, injury happens. And so typically when there's pain, there's some type of um, inability. There's a there's too much load being applied to your knee in one area. Like your knee is mm-hmm. just taking on too much. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the times I heard patients say, oh, I guess I just need to lose weight, right? I need to lower load. Okay, yeah, that's one option, right? The one option is to lower the load that you're carrying mm-hmm. or we can increase the capacity. And we can increase the capacity by recruiting your knees support team. You can think of like your knee, like your knees is doing everything by itself, or we can bring in the homies and say, yo guys, like, (laughs) can you guys help me out here? And the reason why your knee is so dependent on your hip, for example, is that as we're walking, right? You can almost see the way we walk in general. Um, If our glutes, our butt is just not doing its job, we're going to be a little bit more hunched over. And that's going to carry weight distribution and the, the way that we're, your body's not designed. 
Like if you imagine somebody standing from the side, right? If you're looking at somebody from the side profile, mm-hmm. if you can imagine the anatomy, the spine, okay? Really for a moment. The spine isn't just like a straight line, right? It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a swiggle or whatever. Mm-hmm. That adds, the reason why it's designed that way is so that weight can be distributed across different areas. Like if it was just stacked on top of each other, that'd be a lot of pressure being applied. But the way it's curved allows that to happen. And so if we're too much hunched over now, our hip is not carrying enough weight and now weight's being transferred a little bit more forward and therefore causing an over time increasingly too much load for your knee. And so then there's breakdown. But if we start to get our butt activated a little bit and we wake it up, then we can start to notice our posture improve or even just our butt doing more of the work. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important to also note, like why is it that our butt is not even doing its job in the first place? Why is our butt asleep? And typically it's because of our lifestyle. You know, we are much more sedentary. Mm-hmm. We sit a lot more and we hear this all the time. I know I get it. It's like, yeah, I get it. I should be getting up, but I want you to really know, like, you know, what's going on there. When you apply pressure to an area for too long, it literally just turns off that muscle, the signal to that body, like blood flow reduces to the area. Um, It's like, if you were to squeeze your hand long enough, your wrist, Mm -hmm. your hands just start to like, like, like my hands is like literally dying as I'm holding my wrist here. Nobody can really, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see me like, <laughs> but as you hold your wrist, your hands just like becoming more and more like um, feeble or like a uh, flaccid. And then you, it just becomes limp, right? The same thing is happening as we sit too long, too much pressure is being applied to your glutes and then blood flow reduces and your butt just basically is like always asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we wake it up is by doing some isolated movements, some strength training, to your glutes preferably and by increasing the load on your glutes or by excuse me by applying load to your glutes you wake it up and therefore reduce pressure on your knee can i demonstrate this too in another way i feel like this would be really helpful sure yeah go ahead so for everyone listening right if you're listening to this i want you to do this with me like if you just grab one finger okay point it up to the sky and then you can do this with me chase yeah push (laughs) it push it into your chest as hard as you can that kind of hurts, right? Like if you go really mm-hmm. hard, it's like, ah, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay, let's redo this. Now let's do three fingers up in the air. And now let's apply three fingers to that area as hard as you can. Notice how like that's not as painful. Mm-hmm. What's happening is we're dispersing the intensity and the load across now a, lar- a larger surface of area. Mm-hmm. And now that one area is not hurting as much. That's in, that's in a small example. But if we look at the big picture of your body... That's like your knees pain, right? Your knees in pain because mm-hmm. your glutes aren't doing the job. So we're waking up our glutes. We're dispersing the force of life and the weight of your body now distributing it across your body instead mm-hmm. of just your knees taking on all the load. I feel like that's the best way to yeah, feel great. it. So yeah, if you have knee pain, I would bet there's either an opportunity to wake up the booty or even, you know, do some work on your feet, but yeah. Got it. So then what about like somebody with like um, back pain, especially like lower back pain? I feel like that's a big, big thing that I hear a lot of people. I mean, I, I mean, I even know for like back when I was working in nursing, like, you know, and I worked in the emergency department, like that was probably the number one complaint we have all the time was lower back pain. So I saw it all the time. And I know I've had clients with no lower back pain. Talk mm-hmm. a little more about that. Yeah, I think it's um it's very similar to the same way I would address knee pain in the sense that it probably starts somewhere at your core area. 
Mm-hmm. And when when I say core, I don't just mean your abs and your six pack. I also mean your butt, your the whole center of your mass area there um, probably has some opportunities to wake up and get stronger. There is a, a tug and a pull relationship between two areas of your body constantly happening. And this is probably causing low back pain. If your glutes are not as strong, chances are that your quads are too tight. Um, we call this like lower cross syndrome. So if you can imagine, again, somebody standing from the side mm-hmm. and you imagine an X and like the center of the X where the two lines cross or at your hip joint. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you see that cross there. Boom. That cross now is saying that if your ab, if your butt is weak, okay, if your butt is weak, that means your abs are weak as well, probably. Mm-hmm. And if your your back is tight, chances are your quads are tight as well. Mm-hmm. And so we need to create balance so we can disperse that. So it's a combination of strengthening your glutes and loosening up your quad area, your quads. Um, That's typically for a lot of muscular pain, why somebody might be having a lot of back pain. It's because of basically, again, like turned off glutes and two tight quads. Again, probably from sitting a lot. And it sounds like almost too simple, but it really is like that simple. If we can get you just slowly... (laughs) um, stretched out a little bit, not sitting as much, more activity, that would definitely help a lot of people's back pain. Um, now, in the interim, one one really simple way to imagine this, right? So you're, so you know the muscle, your, your quad. I feel like when I say quad, people may not know what I mean. But if you, it's the muscle that's responsible for bringing your knee up, mm-hmm. okay? So if I'm bringing my knee, raising my knee towards my chest, that's like um, part of your hip flexors. I'm not wanting to use too many words like that yeah basically you know if you're raising your leg you're trying to bring your knee up towards your chest that's certain muscles okay Mm -hmm. and when we're seated when we're sitting down our knees are in that position right like your legs are more positioned towards your chest Mm -hmm. now this makes that muscle super super tight it's like imagine if i were to like hold my arm and i was to bend it and flex my bicep and just hold it there for like a whole entire day Mm -hmm. that would probably hurt a lot to try to extend my arm back out yeah so same thing is happening over time and over time right if i were to do that with my arm my bicep would actually be it would become impossible for my arm to fully get straight again because i'm just constantly holding it in this position and so we do that with sitting those muscles um get shorter and shorter from sitting longer and longer and those muscles that bring your knee up they attach at your hip, but also attached into your low spine. And so it's tugging and tugging and pulling on your low spine, on your back and creating a lot of tension there. And so the solution to the pain there in your back is to address the tightness in your quads. Mm -hmm. You can massage the area, you can stretch it, uh, even laying on your stomach and trying to arch your chest up is a good way to loosen it up if you're able to do that. Um, But yeah, typically low back pain is a symptom of tight quads, weak glutes, and needing to work a little bit more strength in your abs. Got it. Yeah. And then what about someone with like shoulder or neck pain? Okay, this one's deep. 
We don't, have to go really... too, we don't have to go too too deep, but like <laughs> no, I mean and not 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 deep how you think, right? I think when I say deep, I don't mean like anatomy, physiology deep. I mean like emotional stress and life deep. Like ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I know. So going. this is this is one of my favorite ones to address because a lot of people don't have the solution. Like I've heard physical therapists, for example, tell patients like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but your pain is not actually real. You're imagining it." And that's one of the worst things you could ever tell somebody mm-hmm. like, yo, are you telling me I'm not experienced? Like, what are you? Yeah, it's so offensive. <laughs> you're <saying> I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. You're saying I'm lying. Exactly. Like what? No, your pain is real. Um, And a lot of times we just throw it to, oh, you have shoulder pain because of your posture, you know? Because I mean, if you look at somebody with, you know, poor posture and, you know, their shoulders are more rounded forward, that causes tightness in your chest area. And now every time you lift your shoulders up, there's maybe a pinch feeling. That's typically an imbalance issue. However, a lot of the times we've experienced, I've experienced a lot of times where most people who have bad posture isn't because they're like lazy or because Mm -hmm. they don't want to not have good posture. It's typically because somebody has a lot of stress in their life. If you look at somebody who's depressed, I mean, what do they look like? Like if you were hunched over, hunched over, right? Yeah. Hunched over, sad. But if you look at somebody who's super happy and excited, what do they look like? A bright, just, you know, happy and smiling and bright. And yeah, a hundred percent. And so depression and stress and like life things happen in people's lives, causing their body to go into almost like a fetal position. Like when we address stress, that's how we get in there. We go into that position. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we can address like the underlying reasons why you might have been in that body position first, you're going to have a lot more desire to want to stand more upright with your chest up because you feel good about life. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes people's shoulder pain, at least in this scenario, it's because there's an underlying stress or depression happening from a specific reason that was never addressed. Mm. And that caused the posture, which causes the muscle imbalance, which caused the shoulder pain. Um, so again, like I think a lot of the, now the other way we can address that is either by addressing the stress of the depression or by giving people things, by giving people reasons to be excited about doing something. And this is why, again, like strength training, weightlifting is one of the most amazing things, not just for weight loss, but for your mental health. Absolutely. I mean, and it's the solution to a lot of people's pains. Like if you're in some type of joint pain. Typically lifting weights is going to help the pain. Yep. It's the way literally that's what physical therapy is. We literally use resistance X training to address people's pains. Um, in the same way that you just did what that I demonstrated with the fingers, you know, mm-hmm. we just activate more muscles. We distribute the force of things and lighten load and allowing your body to be able to carry the weight of life. And that's what it is. It's not just the weight of your body. It's the weight of life. Cause it's true. You know, Life is stressful, bro. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Coming from two guys who just left their um, main career to go and, and coach you full time, right? Oh man, it's crazy. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole different story. But anyways, continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man, that's facts. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, if we can look at pain like that, I think it's the solution to your pain. Really, is finding movements you can start to do with resistance you will be able to overcome your pain and have long-term benefits that go beyond just physical, their mental and your joint pain, of course, like, which is your livelihood, you know, if you're in pain, it's hard to be happy. 
Yeah. Um, so the way to get out of chronic pain is that like lift weights. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's funny. So, so, you know, I think a lot of people, and I'm glad you brought up the thing where a lot of people say, Oh, I need to, I need to lose weight. Like that's like the, the first go-to is like, Oh, my doctor told me I need to yeah. lose weight. I have too much weight on my knees and things like that. But I love how that you added, or we can make things stronger and lift weights. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people struggle with, like, comprehending and especially like you know like some you know some of the older population they they feel like it's it's too late you know like i mm. i've gotten to a point where it's just like i, I should have done that years ago so now i'm so i would have been stronger now and not as heavy and would have been able mm. to do these exercises so someone who is like you know maybe never never been in the gym and you know they're they're having this joint pain and they want to get started but they're you know kind of you know you know besides like you know getting a professional like trainer to help them with these things how do they get started in order to not make the pain worse and prevent injury? That's a good question. I think, I think there's, there's two things to consider here and it's like obviously skill level, but also um, like, I guess, mentally, emotionally, where are you at? And I think you need to just accept and be realistic with yourself first. Like what expectations you're going to meet for yourself. Um, if you're someone, for example, that doesn't want to go to the gym because they're intimidated. I get it. Like I was there too. And you don't have to go to the gym. Like you don't have to go and start lifting weights if you're not ready for that. If you're excited though, and the, the idea excites you and you have structure and you're following a program that Chase gave you, I'm sure it's like much more doable, <laughs> you know? But if you if you want to just go at home and do it, you can totally do that too. And I think we need to like define what is required first. And really any little bit is going to count, first of all. Um, we can start with a small target. For example, like I have some some people that I'm working with where they have zero, zero, zero exercise training, right? 50 mm -hmm. something years old, barely getting going. It's like, hey, all right, let's just start with standing up and sitting down from a chair 10 times a day. Can you do that 10 times a day? If your answer is no, I want you to be real with me. Be real with yourself. If it's no, okay, can we do five times? A day or maybe 10 times a week right just mm -hmm. 10 sit downs and stand up from a chair that alone will do so much for you mm -hmm. that's a squat basically yeah it's a regression of a squat it's like an easier version of a squat and it's, it's getting you there uh when when we were when i was in the hospital and working with covid patients when covid first hit mm -hmm. we were using those things to get people out of the hospital like just let's just stand up and sit down a few times okay oxygen's going down again let's let's rest and we build up strength that way. It was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're there, like the way we start there, right? Um, and then and the big thing here, right, is to think of this like a game. I love using weight training as a game because it's so it works so much like a game and it becomes so much more fun. Mm -hmm. As opposed to exercising where I feel like you have to decide clearly, okay? I'm either going to exercise or I'm going to start training. Mm. I, a lot of times I do not tell my clients, like we aren't, we don't exercise with me. You're not going to be exercising. You're going to be training. The biggest difference there is that exercise is like mundane. It's like a chore and it's aimless in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. It's like, I'm just trying to get sweaty. I'm just trying to burn calories because I want to lose weight. I'm trying to get super exhausted. It's literally brushing your teeth. Nobody wants to brush your teeth where you're doing it because you have to. I have to exercise. Like, have you ever heard somebody eat a piece of cake and be like, I need to start exercising on Monday? Yes. All the time. <laughs> I, I, mean, I used to do that. Yeah. It, I mean, like, it's associated with so, such a negative connotation. Exactly. It's negative. It's punishment. Yeah. Exercise is punishment. 
where as opposed, we can literally start training. We can, and training to me is like, we have a, an intention behind what we're doing and we have an aim as opposed to focusing on weight loss. We're focusing on performance goals. Now, wait, somebody's like, yo, but I want to lose weight. I get it. But like for us to lose weight, this thing needs to be fun. It needs to be enjoyable. To me, that's a pillar of consistency. If you're not having fun with what you're doing, you're never going to get to where you want to be at. And one of the best ways to make this fun is to make it a game. So the way to make this a game, right? With any game, there's a score. There's a winner. There's a loser. (laughs) There's a clear aiming, right? And the winners and losers, by the way, it's just you and you. It's just like either Mm -hmm. you do it or you don't. Yep. You're playing the game. And it helps to have someone like Chase, though, keeping you accountable, right? Knowing that, like, I'm trying to prove to him that I can win, too. And then... Mm -hmm. Maybe a community too, like yo, I got a there's a scoreboard of leaderboard yeah. or something, right? That'd be fun. Yeah. Man, the ideas are coming out of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that in the future. <laughs> yeah. So one thing you can always think of this, right? Like uh, I think a really good example is a push-up, right? A push-up is like, whoa, a push-up's really hard. Um, before we do a push-up, an easier version of that would be doing a push-up over a table. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can't do that. Okay, cool. Let's make it even easier. An easier version of that would be doing a wall push-up. Mm-hmm. we were leaning over into a wall and you're almost standing upright, but still fairly challenging even for a lot of people. So let's say that's your goal, right? You see the levels of progression, right? You see the, the pathway. You can think of this as a video game, right? Boss one is like wall push up, and I need to do it three sets, 20 reps. Mm-hmm. If I can do three sets of 20 reps every time, cool. I've, I've, I beat the boss and now yep. it's time for me to go to the next boss. Yep. That's boss one. All right, boss two now is going to be doing a push-up now, leaning over the, the table or the or the coffee table, whatever you have at home that you feel like yep. is a little bit more elevated. Now, again, three sets, 20 reps. And and let's say the first time you go to attempt it, set number one, you could only do 10. Ah, darn it. Don't beat yourself up. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Set two, you're probably going to do even less because like 10 was probably hard and you probably did nine set two. And then set three, maybe nine or eight or less, whatever, what you want to do is you want to record these numbers. You want to see it, okay? okay? That way, next time you go and do this workout, you see exactly what you did last time. Like, okay, I did 10 last time. Now I'm trying to do 11. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know you're leveling up. You're getting experience points. I don't know if there's anybody here that plays Call of Duty, but this is like, or any type of video game with like <laughs> leveling up. I don't know. I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. But. That was, that's been a long while, but yeah. Or maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know what you're, like Pac-Man, right? <laughs> I feel like everyone knows what Pac-Man is, <laughs> right? Like you see your score of what you did last time and now you're trying to beat that score or Candy Crush, right? Like, yes. oh man, like, <laughs> um, and that's the game really like, and you, as opposed to treating it like a chore or like tracking how many calories you burn, you're tracking your strength performance and your progress. Mm-hmm. And if you can make that a game like that and do that, you were going to see so much changes in your body. Yeah. Because, I, or go ahead. I was going to say, cause like the, the building of strength is really tangible. You can feel it. You can see it. You can see the numbers going up. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to see. Sometimes even a change on the scale or even like a reflection change in the mirror or anything else, right? Sometimes that's all you got is like, I'm getting stronger. And the thing is, if you're getting stronger, if you're seeing that rep go up a little bit more, that means you actually built a little bit more muscle. Mm -hmm. And a little bit more muscle means your body is burning a little bit more calories to keep that muscle Mm -hmm. alive. 
which means your metabolism is going up, which means you are losing body fat. You are losing weight, but it's a much funner way to do it as opposed to like tracking calories and exercising and like making it this exhausting short. Yeah. No, I was just going to say like, I, I, I've told a lot of people it's like one of the, one of the biggest reasons I see people say they get bored of their training or even working out, whatever you want to call it. Like they get tired or bored of this because they're never seeing progress and they're never seeing progress because they're not tracking it. So that's exactly. one of the first things I've told people. Like, cause I mean, I, I was, I've been there. I think about when I started my fitness journey, it was like, you go into the gym. It's like, Oh, I think I did 20 pounds last week. And I, I think I did 10, maybe I did eight. I don't know. Was that, was that a new record? I think, I don't know. Like you're just, you, you never know. So you could, you really don't care. But once you start, you know, and kind of using that same like game analogy, it's like setting a new record. Like you're setting a new record for yourself. Like every time you, you know, new, new high score, every time you hit a new personal record Dude, in the gym, like, yes, like look at it as like creative fun. I think I love that you mentioned that. And you, you said that was like one of your like pillars of consistency was like fun. Like, what are your others that you use for for that? Oh, dude, good question, man. I like that question. So yeah, enjoyment, enjoyment is the pillar. It's like, if you don't like the workouts you're doing, if you don't like the nutrition plan you're following, you're not doing the right plan. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing the right plan, you're not going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So that's one aspect of it. Um, the other pillars, there's three other pillars. Um, there's four in total. Uh, the first one is envision. So you should know what it is you want and why you want it mm-hmm. and getting really clear on that and this is where people struggle i think a little bit because they don't get deep enough um i've been on enough calls like you know conversations with people that want to lose weight and it's like the first time they're ever speaking out loud how uncomfortable it is the fact that at a party they don't like to stand out mm-hmm. or that they're unable to be intimate with their partner and there's tears because they're finally facing this thing for the first time mm-hmm and then we have to do that work. We have to get there because one of the best fuels for your life or to get achieve anything is to be really clear with the thing that you don't want. There's this quote that I forget who says it, but he says that if you don't hate it, you're tolerating it. And a lot of the times, if we don't hate it enough, we're just like blind to the fact of how much it really is bothering us. Like we don't actually go there because it's scary though i get it mm-hmm. like it's scary to face the mirror and be like this part of life sucks and rather than actually addressing it we just we numb it a little bit yeah and we're quietly suffering and never finding true fulfillment so i think it starts with like what it is that you're changing and why do you want it to change and adding as many people as you can one of my least favorite things to hear from clients or anybody like i don't want to work with anybody that says this i want to lose weight just for me I want to do it for me. There's nothing in this life worth it or noble that was only for you. You're lying. Also, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, there's always something extra. Bro, there's nothing wrong with caring what people think. I feel like there's this idea that you shouldn't care what people think. I'm like, any successful relationship, any successful marriage was built on the consideration of the other person. You have to care what other people think if you want a successful relationship. And so for you to be happy with yourself, you should be a person that is better for other people. And so rather than making it this thing where like, yeah, I know, I get it. Like, you don't want to just lose weight to look cool, right? Mm-hmm. But you can lose weight and be healthy so you can be a better example for the people around you. Yeah. I think everybody has a moral obligation to be striving and trying to better themselves. Not for only themselves, but for the people around them, because that's how you change the world. 
You don't change yeah. the world. Honestly, I don't think you change the world by voting. Like you change the world by voting for the person that you want to become and becoming the change. Amen to that. Yeah. I, you know, and I think there is, you know, there's, and there's definitely, and I know that's not what you're saying. I just want to like, just kind of remind the listeners, like there's definitely importance behind intrinsic motivation, like doing things for yourself and like having that self-motivation and self-discipline and self-love, like all these things are very important. But like what Adrian is saying is like also to make sure that, you know, find all the resources and all the things that are pulling you in that direction towards your goal, not just relying on yourself solely. Exactly. I And that's a good point, man. Thank you for highlighting that. Because I also don't want to, what I'm trying to say, yeah, is like add as much to the basket as you can. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Get as much fuel as you can. Don't rely on one yes. source. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, bro. Exactly. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I wanted to like also mention about kind of going back to a little bit more like the physical therapy side of things for a moment. I wanted to touch on like mobility stuff a little bit and like some like stretching stuff just a little bit, oh, sure. like, just kind of touching the surface of that. Um, you know, I think a lot of things that I have heard with you know past clients and even just people in the you know, in messaging me and such is like mm -hmm. kind of confused on like what kind of stretching can I do or like you know before I go work out what kind of stretches should I do or what sh how should I warm up and like you know so that way we're not getting injured but also so they can move better throughout the day even somebody who's not maybe resistance training yet but they just so they just want to learn how to get more flexible and stretch you know what does that look like or is there any like do's and don'ts of that that you'd mention. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me that was like mind blowing when I went through school that I learned was that stretching, like static stretching, where let's say, for example, you bend over and touch your toes and you hold it mm -hmm. actually increases your risk of injury if you do mm -hmm. it prior to lifting weights. Yep. That was like mind blowing. I was like, dang, my PE coaches were all wrong. <laughs> and all of Same. my coaches in baseball and soccer, like they were yep. all wrong. <laughs> my dad was wrong. <laughs> everybody let me down <laughs> and so i think it's a very important to and let's say why right so yeah. um if you think of your muscles like if you look into a microscope at your muscles there's basically just like two two hooks that move towards each other as you flex your muscle mm -hmm. and then they grab onto each other mm -hmm. they grab and then they they pull apart while grabbing on and that's what creates energy and like the spring flex anything that you see going on when you stretch, you're you're making these muscles, these um, fibers, these hooks start at a much further away part. Mm -hmm. And now when they go to activate and you go do your thing, they're moving towards each other. But then rather than actually hooking, they slip and they miss. Oh. And then boom, muscle tear. I, like that ah, I tore my tendon, right? So that's why. So we're, we don't want to pull things further apart and relax things. We want to actually activate things and get things moving. And so the best way to warm up is to do mobility work as opposed to stretching i like to make sure like for people i say mobility work because if now you want to go ahead and find a lot of resources now you have the term that you can use and search into google like yep. that's the term you should look up like how to mobilize before squatting mobility routine for blank uh, mobility exercise prior to squatting whatever it may be mm -hmm. but we can go into it too it's like um you can think of mobility work basically as just active movement to get things moving, I guess. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess just applying applying weight over your joints to start to allow muscles to get lubricated and get moving. Like if when I go to warm up for squatting, I never stretch my hamstrings, I don't stretch my quads. 
one of my favorite movements is to do something called the 90-90. It's an amazing hip mobility uh, exercise that will Mm -hmm. get your hips unlocked. I used to struggle getting my booty to the grass, but now it's like, I'm pretty proud of where I've come with my squats. Like I can get pretty low. And it's because of that one movement alone that I was able to do that. Um, So if you're someone that struggles with squatting comfortably, Mm -hmm. doing a 90-90 is key. I program that into all of my clients' workout programs, 90-90. Another really good one for the upper body, a really good mobility exercise is um, a prone cobra. So if you you lie on your stomach, you make a T, and then you keep your legs straight the entire time, you're laying, you know, facing the ground, and then you just bring your chest back up, and then you just squeeze your shoulders back and you rotate your arms back as you do so and hold it for maybe one to five seconds mm-hmm. and then just come back down. That one will really open up your thoracic joint, I mean your upper back area and like your shoulders. And that's a really good one to prime yourself before bench pressing or even rowing or deadlift or even squatting, because we do need some. You know, that's upper what, back. That's what I'm working squatting. on right now. And I, I just started, um, I'm not sure if you how much you've seen, but I started powerlifting about a little over a month ago. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my my coach has switched like my low bar to low bar positioning. So like now I'm having to like get that shoulder mobility and it, it, it's a work in progress. We'll put it that way. But yes, dude, yeah. Very familiar with that shoulder mobility. There's even like routines you can do that it's just strictly mobility and it's a good workout. Like if someone's trying to oh, get yeah. a good workout and like you know how we said playing the game or whatever. Like the game for you might be instead of trying to increase reps would be like trying to stay, uh, move into a position more comfortably yeah. all the time, you know, and being able to squat lower and lower and tracking that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's, yeah. did that answer the question? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that was great. That was great. Anything else that you would say to anybody? So I always like to wrap up the show and ask my guests this kind of yeah. general question, like anything else that, you would tell someone who is brand new to getting into all of this. And I know we kind of discussed a little bit of that earlier on for like, like the older population, but just anybody in general mm-hmm. wanting to get more active, get more mobile and start decreasing their pain. What are your top one to two recommendations that they can start utilizing today? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of hard to answer because it's like, it, it's dependent on who and what they're dealing with. Um, but I think if somebody is just like just getting started and like they're getting up on the couch and they're feeling achy, they're like, ah, and like they want to get started. I think this maybe a good place to start would be just focusing on gratitude. Mm. Um, this has been a big thing in my life recently. And I think that's why it just came to me. I don't know. Like gratitude is just super important. And it's not just important in the woo sense of like, you should be grateful for what you have. But gratitude literally can fuel you to take more action. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times when people are at the point where they're sick of where they're at and they want to change, mm-hmm. they're in a really painful spot mentally, like they're done. And sometimes it's hard to get going. And so gratitude, again, is one of the best ways to do it. Neurochemically, like if you look into the brain, at what happens when somebody is expressing gratitude, their brain is actually releasing more dopamine. Um, I've heard this from Andrew Huberman. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. uh, ever listened to this. Yeah, that guy's amazing. If you don't guys know who he is, definitely go check him out. Um, neurophysicist or something, neuroscientist yeah. or physicist. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> out of, of Harvard. Yeah. Um, but he has this really good analogy of this, right? So like, you know, if you look at the Super Bowl, right? In football, 
you have two teams going all at it to the very end. They're like completely drained. The entire season has built up to this moment. It's the mm-hmm. last minute of the game. Both teams are super exhausted. They're at the goal line. Their muscles are super heavy. They're exhausted. And then finally the clock hits zero. There's a winner. And just as soon as the winner is decided, all of a sudden the team that was super exhausted is jumping for joy. Mm-hmm. Now they have so much more energy. They're, they're popping champagne they're about to go to disneyland you know they're like they're doing the most (laughs) this is the and what's happening is they're expressing such a high level of gratitude for accomplishing the season becoming the super bowl Mm -hmm. champions yeah and this can happen at a smaller level but depending on how willing you are to actually take this seriously like i know people maybe sometimes hear this stuff and they're like okay yeah that sounds like a good idea like i want you to do it Mm -hmm. like take a moment like literally express gratitude for the fact that you have a body for the fact that you have an opportunity to be better because you really do no matter what age you are, you can still get stronger. You can still lose weight. You're with the good coach here with chase. Like he's got you. (laughs) So menopause or not, like you can do this Mm -hmm. or whether you're like 20 something. Right. And you're like, yo, I don't even like my life. I'm depressed. Like you need to find something you're grateful for. And that yeah. can actually fuel and get you going. So I think that is like the most general advice that I think would apply to anybody in terms yeah. of getting started. Like start with getting super grateful for the opportunity, at the very least for the opportunity of having life and having an opportunity to maximize the quality of that life. Remember, not only just for you, but for everybody around you. That's right. Adrian, <laughs> it's been great, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. A ton of great information. And, you know, I, I love that you brought up the gratitude at the end. I, I think that was probably, I know I wasn't expecting that when it came to like that for like the, with all what we've talked about, the physical therapy side of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners weren't either, but I love that touch. That was great. Oh, man. Honestly, I think, yeah, I'm glad that it helped. Um, yeah. I feel like that almost numbs pain and at least gets you going. Because honestly, too, like one thing that we don't want to get caught up with this decision fatigue like let's just get going mm-hmm. right let's just get going i think there's enough already made from this podcast or from your facebook group and all that man that there's resources enough for you, you already know what you should do mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of doing and i think doing comes from being in a good state being in a good place yeah. and ready to do it yeah absolutely but yeah man this is fun bro thank you yeah of course thank you for so much for coming on really glad to have you Thank you. Man. Where where can people reach out to you? Like, go ahead and share all your stuff, and that way they can reach out and say hello and join your group, whatever else they can do. Yeah, I feel like the thing I'm most active on is TikTok for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, go follow me on TikTok if you want. At eight, oh, you can't really find me anymore. I need to change oh, my username. Anyway, shame. <laughs> okay, so but just really quick, my 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 fitness brand name is Sexy Beast Fitness. Um, and you know we just want to have a, a a funner spin on fitness. It's not like it's not serious if you laughed and you heard that you were supposed to laugh um but it's like uh so i changed my handle on tiktok to adrian underscore sexy underscore beast it's already horrible sexy beast coach you can't find me anymore doing that so if you search adrian galvin coach you'll find me on tiktok um and we also have a facebook group lifestyle mastery for fat loss if you're ever wanting to have the lifestyle and get the result that's where you can go of a sexy beast (laughs) i love it (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, great, guys. I'll put all of that down in the show notes. So definitely go check all that out and go say hello to Adrian. Give him a follow. And Adrian, again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, man. That was super fun, bro. I appreciate you. You're welcome.
Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.